and Tristan Roadbeef Bayless. With me is my compatriot, my better half, Eddie the Wardez Gomez. I'm Wardez! Mm, thank you for joining us. We've got an interesting show for you tonight. A whole lot of topics to cover. Many moons have passed since the last cast. That was an unintentional rhyme, but we're rolling with it. So many, uh, many topics to cover. Several world tours, world finals, Sydney, some 2020 happenings. Gosh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in my brain. It's all, uh, it's rolling around like, like marbles. Uh, I'm afraid of losing a few. Uh, if they fall out of my ear, are you going to catch them, Eddie? Ooh, I'm trying to catch them, but they might fall out and break on the ground, and then I'll step on them and break everything. But no, <laughs> we're good. We have a lot of stuff to cover. We have like a, it's like me and Tristan are trying to bring back water to the village. Like, just hold on. <laughs> it's a huge amount. We're balancing it our, on our heads and in our ears, but we have an exciting show for you tonight. We're really happy to be back. It's been uh, too long, and yeah, there's no excuse. We just uh, we're busy racing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Life happens. Life happens. Life Monday. happens. Racing happens. Zen it happens. It's all in the stars. <laughs> Zen it is happening right now. <laughs> you know, and, and maybe we'll talk about him in a little later because he keeps getting faster. And that's a problem. <laughs> uh, you know, to me, because he's chosen Porsche. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Things are things are getting strange now. Not yeah. in a bad way, but we like strange because it leads to interesting times. So yes, it is the seventeenth episode of Grantures Bros podcast and I am coming to you live from Blue Moon Speedway in the paddock, the secret paddock that's below the uh, the paddock that they let the billionaires go. I'm in the trillionaires paddock, and uh, yeah, that's a private jets taking off. You might hear them every once in a while, but uh, pay them no mind. I think that last one was Bernie Ecclestone after he got turned away. Oh, that was a that was Ecclestone. Probably you're right. He's probably going to figure out stuff in Vietnam. He's still running F1, but you know. Liberty likes to put on a fake show. Yep, he's like, the man behind the curtain. He's pulling oh, all the strings. Yeah. General State of Gran Turismo Sport. <laughs> it is 2020. Gran Turismo Sport has been out for 3.5 years almost. Almost. And what was it like November of uh, 17? Oh, yeah, I forgot you didn't play beta. Sorry. No, I didn't. I was one of those <laughs> losers. I was not cool enough. There's there's an interesting stat there. I feel like there's more successful people that didn't play the beta. I think Dodge Line played the beta, actually. Hmm. We'll, we'll look that, into that later. That'll that might fun. explain why he always has a leg up on everyone. <laughs> He's got four legs up on everybody. But yeah. um, So, Gran Turismo Sport, how do you feel about it? How do I feel about it? How does the general public feel about it? Is it still a game? What is sports? Hmm. It's 2020 and uh, players are dwindling. <laughs> we need more people to get online. Stop playing other games. Come on, guys. It's an FIA game. Should yep. be enough. It's like the game is the window and the sport is the vision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so player numbers have definitely reduced. Uh, part of that being the um, new age um, kind of oldness of the game to put it one way it's three and a half years most other i mean look at league of legends still going strong it's been like fifty thousand years it's been out mm-hmm. but um 
Yeah, I think part of it may be that the uh, content, I don't know, everything's been free. Um, There's just not enough single-player content, and maybe that's one of the anchors that kept people going for a longer time in yeah. 5 and 6. What do you think? I think it's because it's iterative. Because they have yeah. to funnel resources, the majority of the resources, to making like a, a launch title, a title period, you know, a, a tangible thing that you have to buy. Well, I mean, you could download it, but you know what I mean, like the Blu-ray disc with the the little manual inside and like uh, little coupons to uh, redeem. It's it's like its own uh, event, and it's something that's uh, the PD team always have to be working on. Like you finish GT five, start working on GT six. Finish GT six, start working on GT seven or GT Sport. Uh, I understand GT Sport was like a prologue to kind of fill in the the gap between GT six because uh, GT seven was supposed to be is supposed to be so massive you know on the scale of like gta 5 kind of massive is is what i've been hearing for right. the last year so um i think the problem is that it is uh, an iterative title that they have to release titles in a sequential sort of manner whereas league of legends is like just a kind of and, and i'm speaking from ignorance because i honestly don't know league of legends too much but it seems like it's uh, uh an evolution of just one title and the title is out, and they release kind of like seasonal updates, maybe like by uh, like Paths of Exile or or Diablo, something like that, where the game itself is uh, sort of just always there, always installed, and all that's changed are um, predetermined seasonal events, you know, with different items, different game structures, different challenges, and Gran Turismo. Uh, although we get uh, different races, they're limited by the content that's in the game, the cars and the tracks, and sort of the game engine itself. So maybe that's the issue, is that it's it, it has a freshness that wears off, and it's not in, until a longer-than-average point of time yeah. that the freshness is sort of renewed with uh, a new iterative launch title. So is that going to be the, the, the way of the future? Probably not. Isn't uh, I've been hearing that this PS5 and that Xbox One X or whatever it is, is are going to be the like the last real consoles that you buy before you're just now streaming gaming live as a sort of subscription service. Um, so so maybe this is going to be the last time they have to do this. Right. That's interesting. I don't know if I hope that's the case or not, but it certainly would be interesting. It, it would allow for them to proliferate. Prolif- well, I was almost going to say proliferate. <laughs> oh, hey, they proliferate. Hey, oh, that's, that, it's an appropriate, uh, you know, mix of letters to get to nearly the correct word. Yeah. Proliferate, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I hope for some more proliferation with the pH. Uh, when it comes to the next title, uh, they've definitely got a good momentum going with the free with the amount of updates that they did and we can't blame them blame them for uh reducing that insane uh monthly kind of schedule for, mm-hmm. from now on uh three cars every month that's cool maybe a track here and there that's awesome mm-hmm. but um i feel like people just have a general sense of burnout um one thing that could have come along that i feel would have uh, kind of helped the numbers come come back is Something like that Toyota Super Cup that that interested a lot of people last year. That normally yeah, right. stayed away from things like Gator Darrell. My friend Darwin, that was a GT Academy competitor in my year. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had a lot of fun with that. And uh, I feel like we're kind of missing something. I expected something. To, I mean, some you never know. It could come back. It could come back in a new form, or something else comes along. That would be great. 
that's something that could stimulate the player player base. Totally, I feel. So totally. I agree. We're like things uh, like uh, that. That was a great way to get people just to pay attention to Toyota, and that's a great way to launch a new product. And maybe other manufacturers could use that as an example. <laughs> Porsche. So you know, um, Excuse you. I, I'm you. I'm with you. I totally think that that was an awesome thing, and uh, it it concluded in Tokyo, and in hindsight, maybe it should have concluded in World Finals in Monaco, so it had a bit more exposure. But it was also you know native to Japan, being Toyota, so I kind of understand why they did it in the Toyota Make a Web. Um, but right. it, it it definitely did attract a lot of attention. I would say almost as much as like the Nations Championship. All the same players were doing that. And once Nations kind of wrapped up by like round 25 or 30 of uh, last year, or, you know, my numbers are wrong, but whatever, uh, like two-thirds the way through the season, those people then focus their attention on the Super Cup. If we don't have something like that this year, maybe they're going to be twiddling their thumbs, and we might get more dropouts, and we don't want that, do we? Not at all. Um, and thank you for letting me just oh ramble on. I tend uh, to do that, but... Uh, uh, my mind, once it gets started, um, is like a freight train, and you better not be in the way. <laughs> exactly. I'm just I've got like 4,000 cars behind me. I'm feeding you coal. It's going to take me like 17 miles to stop. So, <laughs> you know, you better just kind of try to jump on instead of stand in the way. Because uh, you know what happens between a train and a couch. It's not a pretty picture. No. <laughs> the road beef that happens between. <laughs> it's in the name, okay? But, uh, yeah, I mean, we may as well shift on over. We'll make the announcement here. Dun, dun, dun. Cue sound effect here, John. Um, we're going to become a GT7 podcast. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. GT7 speculation. What is seven? Is it a prime number? We'll find out later. But for now, (laughs) all we can tell you for sure is that GT7 will be coming out on the PlayStation 5. Will it be a launch title? It should be. Should be. It's on the top of Mount Should Be. The Kims certainly think so. Um, but will it happen? Uh, it's going to be a big sigh. Because I'm unsure. And uh, all signs point to a road, a track. Wait, what, what am I trying to say? A, a record <laughs> of it not happening. Uh, yeah. It was supposed to happen for the you know, Gran Turismo 2000. It was supposed to be a PS2 launch title. Uh, Gran Turismo 3 was... You know, PS2, so it was 4. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Then PS3, everyone was like, oh, GT5 should be a PS3 launch title, right? Uh, no, it didn't happen. It really didn't happen. It very much didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But Prologue uh, didn't even happen for as <laughs> a launch title either. So what are we, uh, are we kidding ourselves? Trying to hope for this, pray for this, uh, bribe for this? Or uh, do you think it's just uh, not going to happen? Or no. I think I think that because they haven't announced it for sure means it's probably not going to happen. But it's a little too early to say. I, for one, think that it would be wiser for them to wait if it's an unfinished product and release it when they're happy with it. And knowing the perfectionism of Mr. Yamiuchi, that's probably going to be what will happen. And I would be satisfied with that. I could wait uh, an extra quarter or two for um, something he's happy with. Because he's delivered very special products, you know, since the first Gran Turismo. It's like nothing we've ever seen or played before. Um, the kind of thing that really brings like a, a passion to racing in a, in a like, a, like it's like the game itself is an art form. Um, and that's something that I don't want diluted. 
based on, you know, an executive's timetable of a PS5 launch date. I think Sony understand that too. I don't think they, they've, I mean, I don't, I, I don't have evidence to suggest either way, but I wouldn't think that they would want to penalize their most profitable title and game studio, um, in, in any sort of way, either by rushing them or by, right. um, you know, otherwise, uh, adding addendums or something like that to a later launch. And yeah, that's um, true. I'll be happy with it. It comes out whenever it comes out. It's a, it's a good angle for the Facebook commenters to try to consider, you know, that Sony has been good to the developers, although you may feel like for some reason they owe you a certain car or release date. Um, it's better for them to take their time and release it when it's ready. Yeah. And Sony's pretty good at not pushing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so much goes into this. Think about this. League of Legends can come up with or Diablo or Paths of Exile can come up with characters and items and challenges and uh, DLC that is entirely or mostly like original things that they can just be like, yep, we just kind of wrote this, conjured it in, uh, you know, a weekend long 24 um, seven caffeine fueled uh, binge with uh, all the developers just writing down on a whiteboard all these ideas we came up with and then we just made it into the game right but with Gran Turismo everything is licensed we've got all these manufacturers yeah. who want a slice of the pie uh, either one way or the other uh, of varying slice sizes and these take negotiations right and to try and juggle those with a, uh, a relatively solid release date or timetable of these things being released is uh, I gotta imagine a, an extreme challenge. So uh, definitely, I think I think PD know that everyone wants all of their dream cars in the game, and if uh, all things being equal, they had the opportunity. I bet every car that's ever existed would be in this game. Uh, we know that that's kind of like an ambition because in earlier Gran Turismo's, we had like the very first Mercedes Daimler thing from the 19th century, uh, uh, all the way up through cars to today of every variety. So why wouldn't that be? be their goal what are the obstacles it's licensing they can't just you know make up brand new cars this uh no offense to ridge racer but this is not ridge racer so uh yeah i think i think patience empathy understanding in that process uh, is important and if people can spare a little for polyphony i think it would go a long way yeah definitely hope for the best but i hope uh, most of all that it, it comes out in a in a good kind of state the first uh, 1.0 should be pretty um pretty wide ranging it should have a lot of content and all that so let's not skim that down just for the sake of a pretty uh launch title release date uh but there is uh there there haven't been any announcements yet uh, a lot the 2020 of, a lot world of rumors, schedule huh? is on hold as well as far as where, it's, where exactly they're going to be going. So We know Nürburgring for certain. Nürburgring in uh, the end of May at like the Sim Racing Expo is going to be World Tour number two. Uh, beyond that, we aren't sure yet. We only know that the windows of time during the year are going to be relatively the same as last year. And a lot of stuff could change, and you never know at which event they might make an announcement and all of that and you never know with the coronavirus how things may be affected yeah, as well that's pretty Which sketchy it's something that everyone's talking about as far like all the competitors and uh, speculators as well on the outside looking in they're like you guys must be you know putting this into thought and uh, it's like yeah of course everyone is 
all over the world that's doing anything internationally oriented. So, damn. Mm-hmm. So, a big wrench has been thrown our way at the start of this decade. I mean, everyone is on their toes. So, definitely. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of question marks, but also a lot of, uh, gosh, how would you call it? It's almost like it's, uh, it's, it's one of those big fireworks, um, that you buy for the neighborhood that you put in the center of the cul-de-sac and it's just like gigantic and you light it and this little sparkler fuse goes off, but then it disappears. And there's that sort of moment where you're waiting to see if something's actually going to go off. And then it just goes off spectacularly <laughs> firing in every direction, you know, just, uh, the most fantastic thing you've ever seen. So we're in, we're in that little waiting period where the fuse has already been lit and it's like, all right, you know, looking at the watch. Come on, guys. What's going on? <laughs> we're expecting big things. We know big things are going to happen. So, but I don't want to sound impatient. I, I'm more excited. Oh, me too. Oh man, me too. They, uh, it's gonna be great. No matter what, it's just it's such a Christmassy feeling time. The year leading up to a new GT5, or maybe it's gonna be 2021. Who knows? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the lead up is always fun. So I appreciate that you get to be with me in that in that uh, journey, brother. Oh, totally, my yeah, dude, and, and all of you brothers out there as well. Uh yeah, there's going to be a lot of speculation going on, so don't get mad at us. And also don't um, think that we have a lot of answers because we've been to, you know, events and stuff. You know, or do get mad. I can handle it. <laughs> That's okay. You know, the, I'm in the kitchen because I can take the heat. If you want to fight too. us, make a podcast and we'll do a podcast and versus podcast one-on-one, bro. All right. We'll see who comes out on top. <laughs> Digital fisticuffs. <laughs> But yeah, so now we can move on to good old FIA. Mm, the races themselves. Yes. So uh, you've participated in a bit of the off-season, haven't you? Yeah, preseason. Um, saw you on there a few times. Exhibition, kind of, once or twice. How have you found it? What's your opinion? Well, it's wild. The seven-minute qualifying, is uh, it makes it a little more straightforward, but uh, there's definitely more groups of people together the slipstream stuff that kind of pissed me off last season is back in a much bigger and uh, more um it's less so buddy buddy and clicky now like you yeah. need to have someone out there that's towing you know breaking the, the air for you and vice versa yeah and uh so there's an element of luck it goes into the grids now and you just see like people all over the place that you're like, what? He got the pull or what? He's last place now. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. It is so, it's a lottery, man. That's what's, uh, that's what FIA has turned into this year. It's just this dice roll. It is. Yeah. It totally is. Um, and I'm not sure if there's a motive behind this because it's so kind of obviously, uh, discombobulated. Um, and clicky, as you say, and there's still too much emphasis on fuel burning and, uh, getting the slipstream. The slipstream, uh, the consensus consensus is that it's just too strong. You know, when you're a second and a half back and you're getting like some slip while going 120 miles an hour, that's it's like I guess it's mathematically somewhat true to real life, but like at a very small percentage, uh, if even that, you're going to be getting like turbulent air. So if if slip is going to be working that far back, like I don't know, uh, the the game engine is probably the limiting factor. You know, there's there's only so much realism that you can code um, in a game three years ago uh, with a system that was compiled ten years ago, the PS4 I'm talking about, to um, accurately recreate this kind of stuff, like the 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 spinning 
wake of air coming off a car, I think is not actually modeled. I think it's just a a prescribed distance behind the car as almost like a rectangular kind of cube invisible that follows behind the car at a certain distance based on its speed is kind of the, the draft slash wake creator. And if you're within that square, you're going to get the benefit and the, and the wake. Um, and I think that it's just a value that they can adjust, um, whenever they release a game update. And right now the adjustment seems to be just a little too far back, um, where, where we have all these races where fuel saving is so important. And so the leader is not really leading. You know, they're the one who's punching the hole through the air and using up too much fuel and everyone else is going to benefit from it and just try to, you know, shove them aside on the the last lap or two uh, and take the win because they've been able to save so much more fuel it's i guess that's that's realistic to a point but it's might maybe uh the scale pushed too far in one direction we're all so mad because of this <laughs> we are up in arms we know I, that the- I almost started a petition with the white house about this i know this is a french fia is a french organization but this isn't the tour to freaking FIA, guys. This isn't like Lance Armstrong coming down Mont Blanc or whatever, like using all his <laughs> teammates to gain over, you know, Sprecken that's racing down behind him. Like, I, I, we shouldn't have this going on in this at this stage of Gran Turismo. When a GT Sport released, it was fine. And then over time, they just kept cranking. It was like somebody that just came into your house and just started touching the AC cranking at one degree two degrees just every once in a while and you're just like it's so cold in here right yeah they they turn the freezer temperature up too high everything melts they uh they leave the fan on in the bathroom <laughs> you know they're using too much electricity there's bubble gum everywhere it's yep. just terrible yeah man what have they done to our boy it was so nice before we didn't know how good we had it so in gt5 it was a big issue so it was such an issue i'm going to tell you a little story we had league events in GT5. Not a lot of people knew this, but we used to run our own leagues. Yes, it happened. And they were pretty fun, except for one problem, the draft and qualifying. Every time we tried to do group qualifying, everyone would draft off of each other and we were pissed off. We were like, oh, that guy got pulled because he got lucky with the draft. Mm-hmm. Let's solve that issue. So what we did was we made everyone do individual qualifying laps, one shot. So... You would go, someone would sit in the lobby, do it one at a time. We seriously did this throughout the whole week leading up to a race. And that way, a person did their lap. They were on the track by their, by themselves. And we were able to get a great gauge of how everyone could do. And there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. because of the one shot nature of it. But we liked it. That's, <laughs> that's how we used to race back in the day. And we liked it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now, it's, uh, I'm just surprised because it wasn't an issue until now, so I don't really understand why it uh, kind of reared its ugly head again. Mm, yeah. I think that it's maybe because people are uh, really attuned to the strategies now, and um, there's much less variation in strategy uh, in the nations and manu races. It's like these these guys are now so good at figuring out uh, exactly when to pit and exactly how hard to push the tires, exactly when to shift to save the right amount of fuel uh, to get a, a, the absolute fastest race total time. Um, and, and since that knowledge is now so routinely common among, uh, you know, the first, second, third split driver uh, uh, races, there's 
there's just no variation. And so where does the emphasis go? It goes on qualifying. And um, desperation is the word I'd use when I think of how qualifying feels now. It's it's like uh, even when you try to team up with someone, you still are feeling just like uh, the race is not the race itself. The race is in qualifying um, because running a reverse strategy kind of it just doesn't work anymore. People are are too fast. You know, the I think that the 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 bar has been set pretty high um, starting this year and, and certainly no one has really slowed down. Um, so if, uh, if you're looking at 2020 as a, as a competitor, maybe like Tart Butter, who is, mm-hmm. who shows up every once in a while and is always crazy fast and maybe uh, for one reason or another decided not to do sport mode in earnest in an entire season, well, maybe you should look at it now because uh, if you feel like what you were missing before was competition, I think that you're going to find it uh, nearing its zenith this year uh, in this game. We just called you out, Tart Butter. How are you going to act, you little melty piece of <laughs> dairy? That guy's really fast. That, he's crazy fast when he shows up. He's just like, yep, uh, just going to qualify and poll and win. All right, peace out, guys. See you in a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scary name to show up on the grid. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's uh, in Europe, it's crazy. People are all, like, waiting for and qualifying. Uh, they're all... It's like uh, if, if any of you are out there are Formula One fans, um, there was a big debacle in 2019 in Monza, where all the team, all the top, you know, ten Q, uh, Q3 top ten, all all the cars were trying to like get a slip, a draft off of the others. No one wanted to be first, so everyone bunched up, and only a couple guys had the wits about them to take off, and everyone else didn't cross the line in time. So like. I think like seven cars had uh, DNQs or something, or they just didn't set any further times. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that kind of thing's happening in uh, these lo- uh, these qualifying uh, sessions, and people are like, "Oh, you go first. No, you go first. It's like ridiculous. It's not it, qualifying. That's it's an embarrassment. It, it's really an embarrassment. It's I'm, not entertaining. More it, more than anything, you know. It, who wants to watch that? Who wants to participate in that? It's frustrating. And so, like a a one lap shot, maybe with everyone on track but ghosted, or maybe you don't see anyone else on Solution. track, but you're all doing it at the same time, and you have like a live leaderboard, so you Solution. still know when you're getting a purple sector. That would be a possible solution. All great solutions that I feel they should look at, and I hope that they are. Yeah. Um. This is us shouting from the rooftops. Ah. <laughs> Please fix it. Oh, I have a whistle in my. Oh no, it's in my car. I have a Porsche Motorsport whistle. So <laughs> really, it's That's very amazing. very German. I wouldn't that use most, that. That's uh, the most Tristan thing you said all month. So. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I love it. All right, but yeah, flex the slipstream. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Um, competition has ramped up. Uh, in your estimation, would I be correct in assuming that? Uh, in what sense? How do you mean? People have been faster, putting more time in. Yes. Those that have stuck around, um, even I some mean, new names. It's the guys that were practicing for six hours on average, or three hours, or nine hours, like Diddy Co. The monster last year are, as, have not stopped practicing quite that much, um, for the most part. So they're only getting better, and uh, honestly, it is a little worrying. Um, you know, for for the more average and um, casual 
of GCD sport players, even though we're all serious, there are like the casual sort of categories. Um, yeah, figuring out strategies is tough and they're so optimized now that, um, what I resort to is, is begging someone for the strategy when I show up the day uh, of the race, you know, maybe two hours, three hours before to get some practice when I uh, am able to. Um, and uh, I have to give credit to the GT Sport community because for the uh, for the most part, they have provided that assistance. I think they invite the competition and, and want to provide a leg up so that they have a challenge. And certainly in a top split rooms, the, the more high driver ranking people you have in that room that are competitive, the better the total points available. So it, it kind of serves to anyone, everyone's benefit that everyone's sort of up to speed. Um, uh, it's interesting how that's kind of become the norm. And I am personally grateful because I am one of those people who needs it. But um, if I'm going to mount a serious challenge in the official season, I'm going to have to figure out myself and hope that maybe there's going to be that odd race where maybe the reverse strategy or the odd strategy or the no stop strategy. Yeah, maybe maybe something like that uh, will work out. But usually that depends on the chaos of uh, the only, the chance of chaos uh, among others and Honestly, that's becoming rarer these days. Uh, it's not common for pileups or the quote-unquote big one to happen. These guys have their act together pretty well. So uh, it's going to be formidable and a huge mountain to uh, traverse and climb and ascend and reach the peak of. Uh, every every race is going to be like, uh, oh, geez. You know, I use metaphors too much. Let me just say it's going to be tough. <laughs> It's going to be like trying to get a pig out of a supermarket at 5 a.m. in Alabama. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot. I mean, I thought the variety of strategy, variety of viable strategies, I guess. Would you say that you're saying that's narrowed now, right? It's narrowed, you know, and, yeah. and on the races with really high tire wear, sometimes a two stop is better than a one stop or a three stop is better than a two stop, but only only slightly so. You're, you're not really trading total times. You're trading more so track position. And so you'd use one strategy over the other, depending on your starting right. position and kind of where everyone else is. Like a recent race at Interlagos was kind of like that. Um, yeah, th- there's just less deviation. You know, there's less adventurism in strategies. And I think that comes down to the race format. You know, if we had longer races, we'd have five stops or three stops or one stop and you'd have cars all over the place. You know, you maybe even have cars that are getting lapped, but then win the race. But uh, yeah. that's that's just not happening yet. I think that's probably something that's on the plate for the future. I've heard that, you know, longer races are a thing that uh, PD are looking at, but we'll have to see what announcements are for the official season. I, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if that waits until GT7 because we're probably cornered by the architecture of the game at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um feel that they have a big opportunity to change things around for seven as far as race structure we i hope that they do an actual enduros of an hour at least an hour and then then multiple heat events maybe 15 and 15 minute races stuff like that mm-hmm. that would get me jumping around and mm-hmm. excited to race but yeah what i've gathered from the races that i've done uh it's it is difficult for someone that doesn't that 
kind of came from having done I, I just you know I did most of my time in the previous season and then once that was done it took a little break coming back into it and seeing what everyone's doing now it's like wow mm. yeah a lot of saving it's like emulating Formula One this uh, Formula One's Pirelli era mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a few ways like so. you mean like 2012 when they were really really high degradation yeah so well I think they had higher degradation in sport uh, FIA races last season right yeah, or the yeah the yeah. final kind of stage of FIA or yeah. manufacturers. They, yeah, they've been switching it up. The one season, ten rounds will be more tire oriented. The next ten will be right. more fuel oriented. Yeah, and that's good as long as they get the track selection right. Mm-hmm. Um, just to quickly touch, I wanted to get your opinion on Laguna Seca and how you like it so far. Mm. So uh, Laguna Seca was released uh, for the World Finals in Monaco, uh, or just before. So that was the first time I got to drive it. Uh, have driven it since then in a few online um, sport mode events. And the uh, I've driven that track in real life, and I have to say the accuracy is exceptional. The... Um, the sizing, the feeling of the curbs in particular, and like like the when you go over them is uh, extremely accurate, and um, the depth of the sand is also accurate. The uh, the general kind of grip level of the circuit is pretty true. The all the elevations and bumps are are very well represented. The the corkscrew in particular, I think, uh, was done very well. Um, and it's kind of funny when you do it in real life. You know you not trying to die you're just trying to get through the corkscrew and not roll the car or Mm -hmm. lose your lunch uh but in gran turismo um you take more risks and you've got like a group three car on slicks and go through the corkscrew hit it just right and you think you're going to be going so fast out the corner but you get through uh the little ridge where it dips down and the car actually catches air (laughs) Mm -hmm. um all four wheels leave the grounds so that's that's a problem i didn't expect uh, it's like that to, episode. I yeah. Remember that Top Gear episode with Clarkson, where he played Gran Turismo two, and then t- and did that, and then did yeah. the real thing. He did it in like an NSX Type R yeah, or something. Yeah, awesome episode. Definitely check that out. Don't stop this podcast uh, yet. Wait till after. Yeah. Are you listening, listener? Let me, let listener. me Google that for you later. <laughs> Google that later, or use <laughs> Alexa or Siri or uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, one last thing about Laguna Seca that my wife noticed is that there is a large building missing on the start finish straight. So it's uh, its realism is ninety nine percent. I'm afraid it's not a hundred percent. You know, Petey, dropping the ball, dropping the ball. You got to get it together. Kim just got you a bunch of more shoe Puma shoes for for finder's <laughs> fee. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I th- I just kind of uh, this is something that's been plaguing the recent tracks, in my opinion, is they kind of like they they have the indie curbs, right? The the indie, you know, how Indianapolis or the indie racing league changed Laguna Seca. They, that's the version that's in GT Sport, right? Um, the curbs describe, and all that. Describe to me. What they is, they what added the, the sausage curbing and more runoff and stuff. Probably there are sausage curbs. So. There are definitely sausage curbs. Um, turn three, four, five, six. Uh, corkscrew doesn't have sausages. Uh, nine does. Ten does not. Eleven does. So yeah, there are uh, a number of yeah, sausages. I'm pretty sure. I'm Sorry. glad I was able to think of that from memory. <laughs> <The one laughs> That's great. Yeah. 
the inside um, corner or the inside curb on uh, going up to Ray Hall is pretty intense. It That'll is. throw you. Yeah, that's that's probably the corner worth the most time if you're able to get turned in just right. Corner. And it's so easy to drop a wheel on the entry and kick it sideways uh, and just you know go off, fly off track. And that's uh, the the sand on the outside of Ray Hall is uh, not forgiving <laughs> what's whatsoever. Nah, dude, that is a black hole or brown. No, it is a tan hole. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, had a, I had to yell at the devil on that one. Yep. But uh, yeah, so I'm glad that tracks in the game. It's fucking amazing. So, but I need to take a little tangent here to talk about the FIA player base, you know, health in general. And uh, I just had some ideas as far as um, getting more people into FIA while we, while we still have this sort of um, dry period going on. Totally. If you're thinking about it, just go ahead and try it. And uh, it, although it seems undesirable at the moment, um, it'll help you become, you know, these moments when the structure isn't the best, that's when drivers grow. You know, if you can throw yourself into the mix and, and try your best to get to figure out the current um, best way to go about racing or just, you know, practicing a lot um, in within these circumstances, it'll it'll help you grow a lot as a driver. And the community is super, super helpful. I think that's one thing a lot of people are missing is just lack of communication. Um, the people that you, you may see big names in your lobbies or whatever, and you may think that they don't want to be bothered, but it's, we all want to make friends and it's cool to share. That's the the best part about this community. It's very tight knit right now. So if you come in, we'll, you know, it lights us up coming into lobby, practice lobbies or whatever, ask us questions. Like we're really hungry to give you all the, the feedback and uh, strategies and everything that you need to, to get yourself to that next level. Totally. Yep. You know, if Zen had approached me asking for help, I would give it to him. Oh yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think he's all right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, especially because kind of shoving has been becoming a bit of a norm and I am not innocent. I probably owe apologies more so than I think than, or can remember. Um, you know, when, when the circumstances afford him, Zenit is definitely a, a clean racer, and I think that he does delight in a good battle. Um, but uh, the heat of the moment can get the better of any of us. And, yeah. uh, you know, if, if we can reserve the benefit of the doubt or just a little bit of uh, empathy, it's going to go a long way. And, um, yes, definitely. He, among everyone that we race against, are people who would... Uh, immediately answer the the inquiry of uh you know shared knowledge of like what's the best strategy how do i how do i do this like how are you going this fast through this corner um that's that's like the joy of instruction and uh if i if i were to hypothetically instruct someone that jen got faster than me like my wife did um i delight in that because now i have something to learn from them and um you know it's the competitor who takes you to victory so uh, that kind of collaboration will always be found. In, and I hope that's a, a comment of encouragement to anyone on the fence about this because we need more of you. Um, the more yes. competitors, the better. Yeah, more people, more ideas, more initiative. 
if anyone out there is thinking about doing their own events, you know, don't feel like there's some fee that you have to pay or, or any legal obstacles. And there aren't, I mean, there's just a couple things you probably have to follow. I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but if, if we could get more people playing to get these things in real life, if you could have people, if you have a rig and you can invite friends over to try it out and get them bit, get the bug bite going for them, you know, that's all yep. going to be great too, because a lot of people, it's, it's mystifying, you know, the idea of having a rig even to some people is crazy. And you don't need a rig either. If you're just a controller uh, user and having a lot of fun and you have friends over to try that, and there's you know plenty of controller patties you'd be surprised i mean a lot of people may assume that top split is full of uh people with expensive thrustmaster tgt rigs or whatever but that's nope. not nearly the case definitely not and you'd be so surprised i wish everyone could stream at the same time just so you could see the the insane variety of setups that everyone's rocking you know yep some some are effectively janky and some are, <laughs> I like that. are, are inconspicuously expensive and uh, neither deliver uh, a definitive advantage. Uh, exactly. And tons of controller users um, who are blazing fast. And I think uh, of note, that's what makes a uh, Dodge Lamb so dangerous is that that guy usually uses a controller and then goes to live events and uses a wheel just as effectively. Like, dude, stop blowing my mind, okay? <laughs> Give me <Seriously>? a chance. <laughs> that was great seeing that evolution, too, because totally. he wasn't so good at the beginning, but man... What a what a what a road of development there. Yeah, he picked it up real quick. Yeah, but let's talk about your experiences. I'm so excited to get a feel for how uh, yes. you did. I've been happy and in world tours. That really was amazing. Excited amazing run. to talk about this stuff. So our last uh Grant Risbro's podcast was the Tokyo preview. The mm-hmm. preview to Tokyo where uh, I was going in the, the manufacturer's cup with uh, two new Porsche teammates. And guess what happened? We won, baby! Ow! Woo! You guys stuck it on the top step. Oh, yeah. It was and it was the drive of a style. lifetime. That was amazing, man. I was so happy to see that. And Kim was there with you, your wife. The Hell loveliness. Yeah. There's a support, the good luck charm that pushed you over the line and made and gave Toyota a hard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toyota perfect. led every lap except the final lap. Thanks to Kim uh, <laughs> and her poison. No, just kidding. <laughs> we just yeah we we uh, spiked uh, Yamanaka's <laughs> uh, coffee with uh, some Epicac and you know it, it did the trick. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. But uh, all kidding aside, man, uh, that was such an amazing broadcast. Such a I was so hyped. It was just a different feeling, you know. All the other world tours. They were, they were in amazing places, but there was something about everything going down in Tokyo that just gave it the extra kind of um, moon castle, moon over the castle type of feel. Totally. <laughs> you know? Dude, and the, the, the wonderful Japanese audience um, had, you know, I've been to a lot of, as I'm sure you have been a lot of concerts, a lot of uh, uh, sports games, uh, baseball, football, um, a lot of racing events, and uh, a live audience of, of like thousands make particular sounds for the particular sports at particular times. Yeah. And it, it's like this very unique cultural involvement and experience. And um, this was no different and, and entirely unique in terms of the noises that the crowd would collectively make at different times in the race. Like when Angel was moving up the field, particularly when he was passing um, 
or lining up uh, Randall Haywood and the BMW, like maybe two laps from the ends. Randall had, uh, it was looking like side by side, breaking into this one corner at Lago. Randall braked later, kind of chopped the nose, kept the position, but then ran wide. And the crowd was like, oh, 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 and then clap, 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 clap. It was just a sequence of noises I've never heard before. That's um, awesome. That was, uh, it, it so effectively conveyed their um, just immediate raw motion at what they were witnessing. And uh, that was so cool. So cool. Tokyo itself, like this beautiful place, eerily quiet. You know, no power tools, no construction noises, no sirens at any time. Um, exceptionally silent and clean and with uh, great coffee even in like suburban areas. Uh, went out exploring with, with Stagger and Gumball a couple mornings uh, along with Kim. Um, Tokyo itself uh, was fantastic. Just absolutely fabulous. Um, and following up with Monaco, uh, you know, it's 2019 is just off the charts dude like i i'm i can't believe that happens and i'm sitting here casting about it the, the mind-blowing oh it's an amazing privilege but you earned every step and every event that you got to and the results that you got there were just an amazing cherry on top so totally i'm, I'm glad that, all, that it worked out well and you guys were it went um had a good time and came back healthy it's, it's all one can ask for so yeah, incredible times and yeah it was so great I was so proud of you for doing your best and, and getting that Porsche brand up there when everyone thought there would be nowhere after the BOP update that kind of hindered it so yeah you know it lost uh, Carraza and but it gained your perseverance and your no quit attitude and all the people that were around you like you just kept rallying the south americans to to, <laughs> to do their best man uh that was so cool yeah i can't say enough about um you know my teammates in austria daniel and um tatsuya who were fabulous and faultless um and of course uh matt uh the legends and angel the demon you know, who, who on his world tour debut delivered uh, arguably like the greatest drive in the history of world tours. Um, the, it's Oh my God, yeah, dude. It's, it's exceptionally humbling. And, uh, you know, I, I maybe use too many superlatives, but uh, sometimes there just aren't enough for um, describing that sort of experience. Um, and uh, the only thing that, uh, that topped the, the world tours was getting married last year. Um, and shout out to the wife who uh, so uh, kindly allowed a, def- uh, a deferment of uh, official honeymoon um, for us to have these kind of world tour mini moons. Uh, we, we took an extra few days in front of Monaco and stayed at an Airbnb in Nice, which was awesome. Even with like this uh, random um, cannon blast at noontime at Nice that we didn't we learned the hard way <laughs> happens at noontime every day uh, while we were like feet away from it. Oh my god! Like, we were walking up some steps, like up, uh, like a castle, uh, kind of overlooking these, and there's like some waterfalls and cool stuff to look at. So we're just checking it out. All of a sudden, we hear a like a kathunk, kathunk, like big metal kind of clanks. Thinking, <laughs> like our immediate thinking, like, oh, did someone just like crash a van into a cemetery? Like that's what it sounded like. And in the middle of our thought, boom, boom huge explosion so close to us that we could see like the orange tinge of the shock front approach and pass over us 
But then we looked at the clock and we quickly brought up Wikipedia and we're like, oh, oh it's not a terrorist attack. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just lunchtime. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that, my gosh. That was something else. Uh, we, can I, if, if you don't mind, I want to just uh, a couple extra cool things from Monaco. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, go. Got, please. got my hand crushed by Lewis Hamilton. Uh, didn't didn't go in for the full handshake like I should have. Kind of went in too slow. Didn't get a full collapse, and so he just crushed my fingers together with like a death grip. That guy obviously lifts weights. You know, I should find out what his workout oh, yeah, regimen is. All the trophies that he has to carry around. Yeah, you know, in his backpack or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, Max Verstappen got a picture with him, who is uh, a very patient and and kind guy who had time for all of us. Um, That's awesome. I'm so uh, happy to hear that too. What a bonus! Like. He just kind of showed up to support TRL, you know, lightning. Yep, just out of nowhere. And he lives there, and he's cool, and he's down, man. Like, he's such an awesome personality in the sport. Like, he's such a dork. He's always doing these iRacing endurance races and and being, you know, a 13-year-old when he's around Lando and stuff. So, so, I'm so glad. I was so glad to see that he was there, too. Priceless. Hanging out. Yeah. His his attendance was, was priceless. Um and uh, the after party at Monaco was also off the hook. The the club they had, of course, our our great friend uh, Lenny uh, Ibizari was there. Um, but the the energy was, um, you know, like Tokyo had a great after party party, but Monaco was like times five, and there were no fewer than like a dozen crowd surfing incidents where uh, they weren't really incidents. It was like everyone was into it. <laughs> Uh, with Kaz uh, surfed, uh, I think uh, wow. uh, Tom surfed. I'm pretty sure um, uh, Jimmer surfed. Who both of those guys and the whole crew uh, were amazing throughout all the tours. Uh, but also uh, Martin uh, Tigney in his full tuxedo surfed and got some epic <laughs> pictures. Um, it, it was an amazing time. So uh, then we moved on to Sydney. You know, Sydney was just a, a couple of weekends ago, my dude. Um, how did uh, how did it look from from your perspective? What did you think? Oh, Sydney was. It seemed like it was like, uh, yeah. It's they stepped it up. Everything, like I love the production uh, changes and tweaks that they made as far as showing the process of getting into the FIA races. I loved um, the crowd that was there. Um, the oh, the combos seemed to be a little more better balanced. Um, and yeah, bringing everyone back over from Monaco was also great. The way they they took care of everybody that were guests in in an awesome way as as they did last year. Um, and yeah, the racing seemed a lot more cordial, um, hard, definitely fair. And uh, damn, how could you ask for a better finish than the one that happened in Nations? Uh, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. what a way to close it how much drama the, the sound of the crowd like that's one of the biggest highlights that to me of anything that's gone down with Gran Turismo like just the reaction of that crowd to it's realizing that Nick had lost like whoa yeah. <laughs> by that much there was there was deflation but there was still a lot of applause uh not only for Cody and for um Miyazono but for what they had just witnessed you know it was uh it, it was uh I think uh, it was either uh, Jordan or Famine, someone who just posted on GT Planet how Sydney has set uh, kind of a new standard. And I totally agree because they pointed out when that race finished, 
um, everyone in the crowd and everyone who was participating kind of realized all at once that um, they had gotten sucked into a moment. And that moment was created by GT Sport. And in, in those minutes or hours beforehand, everyone kind of forgot that they were just playing a video game. And um, its legitimacy was visceral. So uh, yeah. that's, that's an important step that's now been taken and is now behind us. Um, something that uh, GT Sports should be very proud of because um, uh, being there, I, I can tell you that on Saturday when all of us were finally kind of in the venue, all of our uh, everyone was in their team gear, everyone was in place, the crowd was already like in there. Uh, I was observing because I people watch, I'm a voyeur, get over it. Um, <laughs> every, every single competitor at least once looked over their shoulder and kind of went like, wow, uh, that's a crowd behind us. Yeah. You know, this is, this is serious. And that was a really cool feeling, really cool feeling. So, uh, I hope that, uh, light up live audiences continue to be a thing. Uh, I have a feeling at least at the Nürburgring, because that's an, a very popular expo, that sim racing expo, the Nürburgring naturally attracts, you know, millions of people anyway, because of its uh, notoriety and the tourist laps and stuff. Um, I hope we get something like that again. Um, it's second to none. I mean, Sydney's amazing, man. Australians are so down for going out and watching sport, and uh, that was part of it as well. So I'm really glad that they decided to go there finally, and I was expecting large things from the crowd and how everyone would be treated, and I wasn't disappointed. So, yeah, good on you guys for holding it down, putting on an awesome show. Manufacturers was also so much fun to watch, even though BMW dominated. Yeah. Um, there was so much stuff going on. Uh, in the you know was fighting for second and third so but yeah could definitely a super successful kickoff to the year totally yeah bmw crushed it and you're right the sportsmanship was of a very high level and at the first race group four at spa when we were all battling uh there was very 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 little contact um maybe just a little bit from toyota when they were on two compounds softer than everyone else but I think that that was totally forgivable because um, it was, what, like two and a half seconds a lap in Delta that they had. So uh, to not have the car in front accelerate quite as fast, you know, through, say, X or something, I think is forgivable. And and that's really like the worst thing I can think of. Um, you know, and that's right before Toyota made that amazing pass uh, around the outside of Porsche while I happened to be driving. Damn it. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally agree with you. And and it was a, a a great example of what we're all co- capable of as competitors and what the circus of Gran Turismo Sport and its live events are capable of as events themselves, uh, as spectacle. Uh, the spectacle was, um, was great. It was better than it's ever been. Yeah, and added bonus. Well, because the story was leading up to that world tour that the champions were not going to be present, uh, namely Mikhail Hazal and mm-hmm. Igor. The fast is Freegor. <laughs> the free, uh, the Freegor? No. <laughs> well, I- Igor, you know, is a, a wonderful gentleman. We got to watch Igor uh, clinch the New yeah. Zealand Formula Three Championship. Um, that was amazing. That might have been what you were you were segueing into. Um, yeah, while we were doing practice, I think for the pro am on Saturday, 
um, or Sunday, I think it was Sunday. Uh, they, uh, they being the PD team, I don't know who it was, but they, they threw up his race on motorsport.tv into the huge jumbotron. So everyone while practicing could watch it. And I saw all the competitors, uh, among them, like half of them busted out their phones and just started recording the big screen because they <laughs> understood like the importance of the event. And then, uh, and Igor, uh, won his final race. Uh, sorry, spoilers. Um, but he was not leading the championship, I think, at any point until that last race. Maybe he was earlier, but he had a, a fight on his hands. Um, oh, yeah. And his uh, the outburst of emotions from him and his dad and uh, Roberto Moreno, who I think is his mentor, um, oh, was, was was a beautiful thing to see and, and really kind of galvanized uh, the emotions of all of us there um, to see someone who um, was directly involved with Gran Turismo and a previous champion of Gran Turismo to... Um, to see them succeed in such a way that it's like, you know, that this guy is going to be, um, looked at by, uh, the tippy top of motorsports oh, yeah, during this year. Now that he's on the international formula three following the formula one circus, uh, is, is extremely exciting. And, um, you know, I try not to live too vicariously through others, but, uh, this is one of those exceptions where I'm, I'm going to have to live vicariously through Igor. So keep up oh, the good work. Dude, we all are, uh, we all are yeah we all i mean all of us that have been to any of the events that have, that have gotten to meet him yeah, he is such an amazingly nice gentleman young gentleman uh, he's a role model in a lot of ways and st- we love that guy so much and, and seeing him succeed and how much it meant to him and that's in Toyota racing series oh man clinching that championship is the best thing that could have happened and the timing of it is so perfect and um He's got a ton of momentum now, and and watch out for him in FIA Formula Three. That's not that's not a regional Formula Three. That's F three straight up. Yep, the one, racing the same weekends as F one. He's only two steps. Spain. Two steps on the ladder down from from the big times. Yeah, dude, and F three this year. Please, please, people, if you have any interest in racing, even if like you're kind of just pretending to be in racing, but you just play the games. Watch F3 this year. You're not going to be disappointed. There is so much insane talent in that lineup this year. Formula 2 is very missable. There's a lot of people that have been there for a long time or those that just will not get to F1 mm-hmm. or those that are really just, you know, pay drivers that are just waiting for their chance to pay pay their way in F1. Mm-hmm. But F3, so many up-and-coming talents that are so good and, and Oh, even if you're, if you're, there's two Americans on the grid too. There's Logan Sargent and forget the other guy, mm-hmm. but Logan Sargent, what a name! Hmm. I've been want, I've been tracking him since the karting days, and yeah, he he has a lot of hope, uh, potential, and such too. But Igor, man, he has such an amazing. He's going to be on an, an amazingly uh, huge stage. So we're all going to be backing him, and totally. uh, we all hope that he. We all hope the best for him and his family. So absolutely, I agree with everything you said. We wish him very well. Yeah, man. But anything else that you'd like to add before we zip this one up? Mm, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah. Zippity doo dah. Bye bye. You know, maybe a couple things. Uh, uh, try to be kind to your fellow man and woman, and animal and plant and and spider bro you know you've got to look out for spider bros 
Spider Bros. The the wife is shaking the head, but uh <laughs> you know. Um just uh it's- just share an extra thought before you go squish if you can help it. Yeah. You know, because we're all just trying to survive, you know, in this crazy world. And we are. uh you know, there's there's a big day coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, March 3rd, for I think it's like 12 or 17 uh, constituent U.S. states. Uh, Super Tuesday is called. I don't care who you vote for. I, I really don't. Just vote. Just vote so that we get a turnout. You know, so we know how the American people actually feel about things. And, you know, what the results are going to be, what they're going to be. But uh, don't let apathy win, I guess, is probably my chief message. Um, I... I have not always been the most um, present voter, but uh, you know, I I feel it's a responsibility that um, we should we should behold to ourselves. So uh, that's what I got to say. Uh, that and uh, gosh, I miss you, Eddie. You know, I I think about you a lot, and I I want to stroke your hair, and me too. I want to hold your hand and go bowling together. You know, <laughs> with the same bowling ball. I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll figure out a way. And then uh, you know. <laughs> We'll have a we'll have a banana split or two, um, and then uh, you know we'll we'll trade shirts or something. It'll it'll be a good time. Yeah, we'll trade GT jerseys. Hell yeah! I'm wearing one right now, actually. <laughs> oh dear, can't wait to smell it. All right. Mm. <laughs> Cheers. Well, cheers to you, my friend. This has been a joy, and and thank you for everything. Thank you to all the listeners and. Uh, you know, uh, creative feedback is is welcome. Uh, any anything you got to say, uh, we will be watching and reading. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to come back to you uh, a little little bit quicker next time. Maybe maybe midway through the the start of the official season before the Nurburgring, we'll have kind of like a a pre Nurby uh, Derby of sorts. Yeah, no, slide into our DMs and uh, we will talk. But. It's been a great one hour that I've spent with my country's mom, Tristan. I look forward to the next one. Everyone out there, be safe. Play the game. Play it. Do FIA. And love each other. Good night. Good night, guys. And gals. And spider bros. <laughs>